when I was a high school student, I went to a summer camp that kind of our area youth groups did and was in northern Wisconsin, and they took a pontoon boat ride, as people often do at camps. And at this camp, there was kind of two lakes that were connected by a small little uh, area that had a bridge over it. And as I'm going on this, my youth pastor is, is driving the pontoon boat and a bunch of other teens, my friends that are on it. And I remember thinking as we went under this little bridge, hey, that bridge is not very high off the ground. And it's got an I-beam underneath. And I remember thinking to myself, you know, when we come back through this, I can just reach up and grab this bridge. And I thought, you know what, I could also, I could just, I could grab this bridge and I could kind of lift myself up and it'd be kind of fun because the pontoon boat would go and then I'd just kind of drop off and it, it would just be funny. So I thought, well, if I have an opportunity to do something funny, I'm going to do something funny. So I didn't tell anybody about my plan and we went and pontooned and tooled around, you know, the other kind of lake and as we're coming back, I'm like, okay, I'm going to do this. So I got to the, uh, the front of the pontoon and, you know, everyone's sitting along the sides and waited to go under this bridge. And when I got to the bridge, I reached up, I grabbed the I-beam, I pulled myself up. As I mentioned, I didn't tell anyone I was going to do this. And the youth pastor that was driving, who also didn't know that I was going to do this, uh, decided at that moment to gun it. So he, uh, he gunned the pontoon. And so the next things that happened, uh, it happened really fast. But in my mind, they're, they're all in slow motion because I remember thinking, oh no, this is not what I expected. And it looked like, you know, I'm on a conveyor belt, like a piece of meat, and everyone's just kind of going by. But I remember thinking, if I drop off at this point, I am going to hit, and I'm going to fly backwards. And that's as far as I got in my thinking process. Uh, I didn't really come up with a solution. I thought, oh no, what am I going to do? So I held on. And then my, the, as the pontoon you know, shot forward, I'm staying in place, uh, it hits the back of my legs, the, the rail. I go flying through the air, flipping around, uh, land on the outboard motor, bounce off of the outboard motor and into the lake. Looking back on that, <laughs> I realized that was not a good idea. Uh, I could have gotten pretty seriously messed up and I'm very thankful that God in his providence uh, that I'm still all in uh, one piece because that could have gone very poorly. I've never had an opportunity to tell that story until today. Because today we're talking about wisdom. Seeking wisdom, why wisdom is valuable, why we need wisdom to make good choices that will have good outcomes instead of making foolish choices that very likely could lead to very, very bad outcomes. So we're in the book of Proverbs. We're going to be spending the summer in Proverbs in this new series, Walking in Wisdom. And I want to start by reading in Proverbs chapter 4. And we'll read the whole thing. We'll pick out a few uh, morsels from this, some of the key thoughts. And the reason I want to do this is especially in chapter 4, it says it twice, verse 5 and verse 7, get wisdom. And this is just the, the beginning of it. One thing we need to realize how valuable wisdom is. We need to seek it. We need to get wisdom. So this week, we're going to be talking about wisdom. What is it? Why is it valuable? Uh, and how, how do we get wisdom? And then next week, we are going to kind of go back to chapter 1. And we'll talk about the book of Proverbs itself. We'll see, we'll talk about Solomon, the author of Proverbs. We'll talk about what are the Proverbs? How do we understand this? How do we, how do we interpret Proverbs? 
And so these first two messages will be largely introduction, and then after that, we will spend the, the rest of uh, the summer doing various themes and topics, because we'll see that for the most part, the book of Proverbs, uh, the Proverbs are, are, are jumbled up. They're not all grouped together in categories, and I think God did that on purpose, because if they were all grouped, we just read the ones that are interesting to us instead of the ones also that we need, but we don't realize that we need. But I would encourage you as you're reading it to you know, go straight through and think about all these Proverbs. But this week and next week will be introduction. So starting here with chapter 4. Hear, O sons, a father's instruction, and be attentive that you may gain insight. For I give you good precepts. Do not forsake my teaching. When I was a son with my father, tender, the only one in the sight of my mother, he taught me and said to me, Let your heart hold fast my words. Keep my commandments and live. Get wisdom. Get insight. Do not forget and do not turn away from the words of my mouth. Do not forsake her and she will keep you. Love her and she will guard you. The beginning of wisdom is this. Get wisdom. And whatever you get, get insight. Prize her highly and she will exalt you. She will honor you if you embrace her. She will place on your head a graceful garland. She will bestow on you a beautiful crown. Hear, my son, and accept my words, that the years of your life may be many. I have taught you the way of wisdom. I have led you in the paths of uprightness. When you walk, your step will not be hampered. And if you run, you will not stumble. Keep hold of instruction. Do not let go. Guard her, for she is your life. Do not enter the path of the wicked, and do not walk in the way of evil. Avoid it. Do not go on it. Turn away from it and pass on, for they cannot sleep until they have done wrong. They are they're robbed of sleep unless they have made someone stumble. For they eat the bread of wickedness and drink the wine of violence. But the path of the righteous is like the light of dawn which shines brighter and brighter until full day. The way of the wicked is like deep darkness. They do not know over what they stumble. My son, be attentive to my words. Incline your ear to my sayings. Let them not escape from your sight. Keep them within your heart, for they are life to those who find them and healing to all their flesh. Keep your heart with all vigilance, for from it flow the springs of life. Put away from you crooked speech and put devious talk far from you. Let your eyes look directly forward and your gaze be straight before you. Ponder the path of your feet. Then all your ways will be sure. Do not swerve to the right or to the left. Turn your foot away from evil. So starting the series, talking about wisdom, about Proverbs as a source for wisdom, I want to deal with this with three questions. And the first one I want to deal with is, is this question of what is wisdom? What is it that we're talking about? And so to clarify, I want to talk about three things that, that wisdom is, is not. One is that wisdom is not the same as, as intelligence. Wisdom is not uh, just being a smart person. There are many, many smart people, people with uh, huge IQs that are not wise. 
And some of the, the smartest on paper people are actually the most foolish of people. Uh, in fact, on paper, I'm a smart person. Uh, but yet in real life sometimes, there are moments. So there are, we just have to realize this is not just the same as being, being a smart person, a smarty pants, or just academically inclined or anything like that. Wisdom is also not the same as just raw knowledge. We'll see in Scripture sometimes it talks about getting knowledge, but I want to say it's not the same as just raw knowledge, knowing facts. We live in a world, we have access to so many different facts. I mean, you can Google something, go to Wikipedia, and you'll probably get a right answer. We can know all these things, but we're going to see wisdom is more than just knowing things, it's what do you do with them. And so wisdom is kind of the, the difference between knowing facts and using wisdom is the difference between knowing the fact that, let's say it's 10 degrees outside, that's knowledge, raw knowledge, but wisdom is knowing, oh, I should then wear a jacket or else I'm going to get really, really sick. See there the, the difference between just raw knowledge and wisdom. As we think about wisdom too, and we think about the book of Proverbs, I want to make the point that wisdom is not the same as just rules or law. There are relationships to each other, but we're going to see that, that wisdom oftentimes is dealing with areas that are not covered in Scripture by a clear, just black and white, that make sure you definitely do this, make sure you definitely do not do that. Now, it is wise to acknowledge those things and to not do the things that God said, don't do this, and to make sure you definitely do the thing that, that is wise, but there are a lot of kind of in-between things in life or things that Scripture doesn't address your specific situation exactly. But as you accumulate wisdom in life, and especially biblical wisdom, it's going to help you to, to steer the right course in the midst of these complicated things in life, to make uh, real-life decisions on uh, you know, what you should do work-wise, career-wise, relationships, all of these different things that will equip you to, to make these good choices. So if we think about what kind of wisdom actually is, one thing that I've always found is helpful is realizing that in uh, Scripture, in the Old Testament, the word wisdom is sometimes translated as skill. And let me show you one place where this, uh, this occurs. In the book of uh, Exodus, uh, let me give you this in the King James Version first. Uh, this is when they are to build, you know, they're building the tabernacle and they're to build the Ark of the Covenant, not Noah's Ark, but the Ark of the Covenant. Uh, and God here, he commissions somebody, uh, Bezalel, uh, to do this, and he also equips him to have the skills and everything to, to build this. So it says in Exodus 35, starting with verse 30, And Moses said unto the children of Israel, See, the Lord hath called by name Bezalel, the son of Uri, the son of Hur, of the tribe of Judah. And he has filled him with the Spirit of God in wisdom, in understanding, and in knowledge, and in all manner of workmanship, to devise curious works, to work in gold, in silver, and in brass. And it goes on, and all the, the craftsmanship that he's going to do to make this, the ark. And that it's going to be beyond just uh, what uh, his normal ability, but God is going to work through him to give him special you know, ability and skill to craft this well. Now, in the King James, it translates the word as, as wisdom, which seems kind of fits. In the uh, English Standard Version, for example, we see the, the same thing, and here it translates the same word as skill. 
getting at the fact that when it says that God gave uh, this craftsman uh, wisdom, he was giving him skill to do his, his craft and what he was doing. And the reason I find this helpful is it helps us realize that, oh, okay, what wisdom really is, is that wisdom is a type of skill that we have, that God gives us, and what wisdom is, is skill for living. Wisdom is skill for living a life that is going to go well, is going to lead to the, the right outcomes, that you have skill in the, the fine points and the decisions and all of the, uh, the difficult, the short-term, long-term decisions that we need to make every day, skillfully living in that way. Another way that we could say it would be like this, is that wisdom is applying knowledge to make choices that usually produce good results in the long term. Just giving you a few ways to think about this and to understand what wisdom is. So it's about making choices. It's not just having knowledge, but it's taking the knowledge that you do have and applying that in the right way to make good choices. You're making good choices that will result in good outcomes. And so I want to clarify a few things here. Uh, I did say that it is about making choices that will have good outcomes. Um, and you had the word usually in here. Because what we're going to see too is that these, these uh, proverbs and wisdom, they're not absolute guarantees. It's not a magic formula that if you apply these principles, you can guarantee you're going to be healthy, wealthy, and wise and all these. That's not what it's about. But there are good principles that saying God knows how life works. He knows the reality that he's created. And if you work according to the grain of reality, things are going to go well with you. If you work against the grain of reality, things don't go well. They're usually going to end up in bad outcomes, at least eventually. Maybe things will go well for you for a while. And we see there are a lot of fools that make foolish decisions that are living large at least for a while. But eventually comes ruin. Eventually, you know, comes the... the, the the fall that comes after the rise. And if we think about life beyond this life, then it's always the case that making wise decisions does result in what is good. Because if you're making decisions that, that are pleasing God, you're doing the right thing, you're trying to do things according to his way, that even if it doesn't produce the good outcome in, in this life, you've pleased God. And this is what is the most important because he is the most important part of, of reality there is. He is the reality before any other reality existed. So, like thinking about it this way, it produces it's good decisions, good choices that result in good results. So as, when we get into Proverbs and we look at it, uh, so many of them are talking about this. Making this decision will help your life to go in this direction. If you do something else, it's going to end up in a way that is going to lead to, to ruin, it's going to lead to some kind of disaster sooner or later. We just read Proverbs chapter 4, uh, but just to remind us, starting with verse 20, My son, be attentive to my words. Incline your ears to my saying. Let them not escape from your sight. Keep them within your heart, for they are life to those who find them and healing to all their flesh. Good choices with wisdom lead to good results in the, in the long run. Of course, the opposite of wisdom, and when we read Proverbs, we're going to see this a lot, is the idea of foolishness. 
So there's the wise person. The opposite of is, is the fool. And so in the same way that wisdom is not about being intelligent or, or book smart or just having knowledge, foolishness is not just about uh, having, it's not about having a low IQ. It's not about having a lack of uh, you know, schooling or something, but it's making poor choices. And so you can have a really, really smart fool. And there are, there's so many. There are people that write books and that are professors and that uh, just have IQs off the charts, but they make bad, bad, dumb decisions and uh, that are going to catch up to them sooner or later in this life and in the next. So there's a big difference between um, being smart and having wisdom and also just uh, not being smart but being, a f- being foolish. So it doesn't matter how much you know, formal schooling you've had Sometimes uh, the people that are the, the most wise are not necessarily the ones that have the, the most books on their shelves, but those that have the most wisdom just stored up in their heart that they've accumulated and that they live out. I'll give you another just definition kind of wisdom. I took this one from, from Ray Ortland. I thought this was helpful. Wisdom is skill, expertise, competence that understands how life really works how to achieve successful and even beautiful results. I thought that's a really good, concise definition of it too. Because again, it's about how life actually works. God set up this world. How do we live in it in a way that makes sense? And to receive uh, success. But when we talk about this, we talk about success. We're not necessarily talking about the worldly view of success. You know, that everyone, neighbors think it's about having the big, big house and the big car and Everyone, you know, all the status symbols. This is, this is true success. This is lasting success. This is success in God's eyes. And a life that is, that is beautiful in God's eyes. Sometimes it won't be that beautiful in the eyes of the world that are around us because they're looking after different things. And in their foolishness, they're, uh, they're doing great but heading down the wrong road. God wants you to be making right decisions, making them in the right way, and working towards the, the right goal, heading in the right direction. So I hope this gives a little bit of a, a picture to you about what wisdom is, skill for living, applying knowledge, making uh, good decisions that usually produce good results. So we have that. The second question I want to ask is then, why do we need to, to get wisdom? So we've seen already some of the reasons for that, but one is that we're not born with it. We need to get wisdom because we just don't automatically have this. So this goes against some of these views that say we're just born with this innate knowledge and all you have to let people do is, is trust their hearts and follow their feelings and you already know deep within you're born. We're not born with it. We're born stupid, okay? We're born at least, uh, as far as wisdom, we are, we are stupid in that way, okay? Kids, little kids, they might be cute, okay? They might uh, be adorable and we love them, but they're stupid, okay? They're going to wreck themselves. That's why mom and dad have to be watching them. They're going to stick the fork in the electric socket, okay? They're going to uh, run out into the road and all these things because they don't know any better. They need to be taught. So they need to uh, learn these things, and hopefully not just from their experience because they'll be hit by the truck. And so we, we know these things, and we, so we have to intervene and teach them this stuff ahead of time. But in Proverbs chapter 4 that we just looked at, and we're going to see this all throughout Proverbs, 
this statement that, you know, uh, my son, hear my words, listen to me. It's like from a father instilling this wisdom into his son. And so obviously this means that the son just doesn't have all the wisdom. He needs to get it from somewhere. And uh, Solomon here is, is uh, trying to give this to him. And God, through this, is trying to give all of us wisdom. And we need to help you know, our kids and those around us to grow in wisdom. It's not something that we just automatically have. And that would be the same if, let's say, Adam and Eve had never sinned. They would have kids, and their kids would still need to be you know, taught different things. You know, you know don't uh, you know, go by this you know, bush or whatever, but uh, you know, don't jump in the lake. If you, they need to be taught different things, but we have an even worse situation because we have sin. And sin in our heart makes us even more morally stupid. Okay, Think how foolish sin is. You have uh, God that offers us infinite joy, that offers us, he's designed this world. And sin, we think, yeah, okay, whatever, God. Like, you know what you're talking about. You just made this world, you made us. I think I'm going to trust me. I think I know what's better. Sin is always just foolishness. It's more than foolishness. Sin is evil, it's rebellion. But it is foolish. It doesn't make sense. So we have this sin that's in our heart, If you're trusting your heart, you're going to be led astray by it. We also have Satan that's out there. And just the same way that he tried to get and got Adam and Eve to do something that was really foolish in rebelling against God, he wants to get us to do that every day. And now he has uh, a good 6,000 years of experience tempting people and pulling people away. And he's got his, his demons. And you got this whole world apparatus that is out there trying to get you to be morally stupid, to be morally foolish, make bad decisions. And so you have you know, TV shows and the internet and just everything calling evil good and calling good evil and just uh, making us morally uh, foolish. So we need wisdom. We need true, upright wisdom that, that comes from God. We also saw some statements in Proverbs chapter 4 about the, the effects of wisdom and, and what it does for us. And that another benefit is that wisdom can keep you from, from pitfalls, from harm, from failure, even from death. There are wise things if you do it, you hopefully will not be uh, chopped up by a propeller blade. Uh, you will avoid you know, different things. It doesn't mean that you're going to avoid all problems. No, it doesn't. But there's a lot of things that you can avoid by making good decisions. Again, in Proverbs chapter 4, verse 5, Get wisdom, get insight, and do not forget and Do not turn away from the words of my mouth. Do not forsake her, and she will keep you. Love her, and she will guard you. Verse 10, Hear my son, and accept my words, that the years of your life may be many. Having wisdom can make you live longer. Verse 11, I have taught you the way of wisdom. I have led you in the paths of uprightness. When you walk, your step will not be hampered. If you run, you will not stumble. Keep hold of instruction. Do not let go. Guard her, for she is your life. Wisdom and making good choices will help you to avoid so many different things. And there's so many pitfalls. We can look at things in our lives that we have fallen into the pits at times, and other people have fallen into different things. And you don't always have to. You can avoid these things. God is giving you the ability to make better choices. 
In fact, I like to think about it this way. There's, uh, wisdom lets you see into the future. Okay, wisdom, I'm not in a literal sense where you just, you can know the beginning from the end like God does and not with any actual, like, you know, magical clairvoyance. But there's something about wisdom that, in a sense at least, lets you see into the future. Because what wisdom does when you've learned wisdom and you recognize how life works, how reality works, you can see ahead of time, if I make, hmm, if I make this decision, it's probably going to lead to this terrible outcome. If I make this decision, there's a lot better chance it's going to lead to this good outcome. So wisdom and being a wise person allows us to see ahead of time what our choices would probably produce. Again, not with an absolute guarantee. be nice if it was, but this isn't. But because God has created this world and because we've seen from experience how things work, we can know how things usually go. And that's what the, the Proverbs, a lot of it, that's what it teaches us. That if you, Proverbs about, let's say, hard work and laziness. If you are a lazy person and you do nothing but sleep and you don't work, you are probably going to go hungry. But if you work and you are diligent, it is going to lead to, to, to success. You will have food in the winter. Things along that line, those lines. And so many different things. It helps you to see ahead of time. So you, so you can see the pitfall before it happens. You can take a different path. You don't have to just run right into it. It lets us see how reality works. We live in reality. We don't live in some simulation. We don't live in a dream world. We don't live in the world of just however we want it to be. We live in the actual real world. And it's the real world that God set up. Wisdom is how to negotiate, how to, to navigate, how to steer in the real world that actually exists. And that is your life. And wisdom it leads to beautiful results, beautiful life, a beautiful life in God's eyes. Proverbs 4, 8 through 9 again. Prize her highly and she will exalt you. She will honor you if you embrace her. The her here is talking about wisdom as, as if wisdom is a person. It's kind of poetic language. She will place on your head a graceful garland and she will bestow on you a beautiful crown. That's why I want to say when we look at the Proverbs and we look at wisdom, there's the, the right choice, the wise choice, and there are foolish choices. And even if you make the wise choice, and even if it doesn't turn out for you the way that it should, it is still, I think, beautiful in God's eyes because you made the wise choice. That you made the thing that you, you uh, were called to do. And ultimately, it's not ultimately about this success in this life and what can I get, but it's God uh, viewing our life as, as good in his eyes. That it's beautiful that he eventually says, you know, well done. You have, you have used your years on this earth well. So wisdom, it helps us. It gives a lot of benefit to us because you can avoid screwing up your life really bad if you have wisdom and you live it out. That's the other part. We'll talk about that as well too. It's not just having wisdom. You've got to live it out. But you can also be someone that is used to help other people as well. And in Proverbs, we see here, you know, a father talking to his sons and telling them, you know, listen to me, learn this wisdom, it's valuable. So wisdom, it's not just that we get it for ourselves, that I can be wise and I can make good choices and the rest of you chumps, you can make your fool choices and I'm going to leave you behind in the dust. That's not the goal that we want. We want to be helping those that are around us. And I know a lot of people aren't going to want to hear it, but that's why 
the book of Proverbs tells us, you know, don't despise wisdom. Love it, cherish it, seek it. And if you can gain it from other people uh, as well, learn it from them. And we especially learn it from the Word of God. So, we've talked about what wisdom is. We've talked about at least some of the reasons why we need to get wisdom. I'm going to give you a last question here, is, is how do we get wisdom? How do we gather this wisdom? How do we, how do we grow in it? And I want to just point out to you that Proverbs 4, 7 says that the beginning of wisdom is get wisdom. Right, it says that uh, twice in verse 5 and verse 7, get wisdom. So this is an active thing that God wants you to do that is a command, get wisdom. If you want to know what is God telling you in this message, he is telling you to get wisdom. And so it makes sense to say this is the beginning of wisdom. The most wise thing you can do is want to accumulate more wisdom. It's like if you, you know, found the genie's lamp and you got your three wishes. If you can, you know, your first wish should be to wish for more wishes. This is God saying, okay, your first thing is to ask for more wisdom. To, to want wisdom, to go after wisdom, because this is just going to multiply and keep making your life better and better the more wisdom that you have. We'll talk about it next week. Solomon you know, asked God to give him wisdom, and God answered that and gave him wisdom. But this is also an offer that's available for you as well, and I know it because, well, Proverbs tells us to get wisdom, but also in the book of James, in the New Testament, James 1, 5, tells us, that God is willing to give wisdom to those who ask. God is willing to, to grant and to, to give wisdom. James 1.5 says, If any of you lacks wisdom, let him ask God, who gives generously to all without reproach, and it will be given him. So God is generous. He wants to give you wisdom. He's not going to reproach you, Why do you ask for wisdom? He's glad to give this to you. But this wisdom, it, it's not something that just comes to us just automatically. You should pray for it. You should ask for it. But this isn't like just some kind of download that give me wisdom and then, you know, it just gets pumped in your head. I know wisdom. That's not what it's like. That God gives you the wisdom. He has different means that he communicates this to us. I want to talk about some of these. One thing that you'll hear a lot of times that people will say is that wisdom comes from experience. And I want to tell you, wisdom actually does not come from experience. Okay? That's not the right way to think about it. When me and my brother were, were kids, uh, I had a parakeet for a while, and later on we, we didn't have parakeets. We had cats instead. But my brother thought, hey, he wanted a parakeet, a pet parakeet. And so, okay, so I think he saved up his money and he, he got himself a, a pet parakeet and he was going to keep his parakeet in his room. And I thought, that's great. And I said to you know, my brother, I don't remember how young he was, but he was young. And I said, okay, Regan, what you need to do is, remember, we got cats. And our one cat, you know, Schmitty, is going to want to just, uh, you know, eat that bird. She loves hunting and she's going to take out this, your, your parakeet. What you need to do is you need to hang the parakeet cage in the middle of the room so that the cat can't get at the parakeet. And he said, no, I want to put it on the shelf. I said, that's a bad idea, Regan. If you put it on the shelf, the cat is going to kill your parakeet. He said, no, it's not going to happen like that. So he put the parakeet cage on the shelf in his room, and the parakeet lasted a few days, 
And then you know what happened. The cat, uh, we came in and we dead parakeet on the floor. Because the cat realized that she could jump up on the shelf. She could nudge the uh, parakeet cage off the shelf. It falls on the ground, pops open. Cat kills the bird. So I said, okay, Regan, you've learned your lesson now. Okay, you've realized, because he wanted another parakeet. And so he got another parakeet and I said, now you realize, don't put the parakeet on the shelf. The cat's going to kill your parakeet. And I said, put it, hang it in the middle of the room so the cat can't get to it. He said, no, it's not going to happen again. (laughs) And so he put the parakeet back on the shelf in the same place. That same day, okay, I remember I was in the attic right above where his room was. I don't remember what I was getting, but I heard a crash down in his room. And I came running down, and the cage is is split open in his room. There's no bird. I'm like, "Hmm, what's going on? And I follow down the hallway and down the steps, and there's a few feathers here and there. And then a very guilty-looking cat, very guilty but satisfied, and halfway down uh, with, like, feathers and, uh, and the bird. And, yeah, the cat that very same day killed his second parakeet. So Regan decided, well, he'll try again. So he buys another parakeet, and I tell him, Regan, make sure that you hang the parakeet. Don't put it on the shelf. He's like, okay. You're right. So he hangs the parakeet in the middle of the room, and this parakeet lives a good, happy life. You know, the cat can't get to him. Things are going great. My brother decides, you know what? The cat hasn't killed the parakeet. I don't think he's going to kill the parakeet. (laughs) So he takes the parakeet cage. He takes it down from the middle. He puts it on the shelf. And very shortly later, one more dead parakeet. Here's my point. A lot of people will tell you that experience is where you get wisdom from. There's a truth to that, but it's not completely true. Wisdom doesn't just come from experience. Wisdom comes from experience that is reflected on. It comes from experience that you actually think about. There's some people that make the same mistake over and over and over and over, and they don't get it. I keep doing this, and why does it keep resulting in me falling in the pit? Stop doing that. Learn from your experience. No, it's going to be different this time. No, and he, he, the same thing over and over and over. So just experience by itself. If that was the case, every single person would end up being super wise, especially by the time they're an older person. But I'll tell you, there are many older people that have spent their entire lives dodging wisdom every chance that they could, and they've not accumulated it. Now, there is a truth. We associate wisdom and age together, but that's if you are reflecting on it. That's if you are absorbing wisdom. And if that's the case, then yes, the older you are, the more chance you have had to absorb more wisdom and to learn from experience if you're willing to do that. But if you're ignoring that, you're not reflecting on these experiences, you're not going to pick this up. You're not going to grow into a a sage that is going to have wisdom for your life and also to help those that are around you. You're just going to be an old foolish person because you've dodged wisdom your whole life. But if you start, and young people start now, start accumulating this wisdom, your life will go better. And by the time you have several more decades under your belt, think of uh, how Yoda smart you're going to be, okay? To be able to communicate and have wisdom to help other people because you've learned from your experiences, I'm going to give you one more point here, and this is so valuable. Okay, if there's one thing you take from this, this is going to really help you. 
Because a lot of people say, well, you know, I gotta make my own mistakes. I gotta, I have to, I have to learn from my experiences. What God is telling us, and what the Book of Proverbs tells us, is that wisdom comes from experience, but it doesn't have to be your experience. What a beautiful thing! You can learn from other people's experience. You don't have to make all of these different mistakes. You can avoid mistakes because you can look and see, oh, doing that, that's terrible. You fall into a, a deep, terrible pit if you do that. Wait, I, I won't do that. I'll do something different. You can learn, avoid the mistakes that other people make. Let them make the mistakes for you, okay? We don't want them to, but if they do, learn from other people. You can also learn from their successes, learn what works out well, what works out well in life. And so that you can model these things. You can do it, uh, go after the things that you have seen that, that work well. You don't have to make your own mistakes. It's a foolish thing to think, well, I have to make the mistake myself. That's the only way I can learn. No, Proverbs and God tells you and wisdom tells you you can learn from other people. You can realize something is a mirage before you spend your whole life running after that, only to realize it's a pile of hot sand and not the, the, the oasis that you thought it was. Learn from other people's experiences. And recognize that God has more experience than everyone put together. God has all the experience. He had all the experience even before he created this world. He knew the beginning from the end. He knows this reality. He knows how things come about. And so he is the source of all of this. So we want to learn from him. And that's what the book of Proverbs, I mean, all scripture is wisdom, but the book of Proverbs especially is is crystallized form of wisdom, these sayings that will help us to be wise and to learn to live a skillful life in the real world here that God has created for us. So again, I encourage you to be reading the book of Proverbs beyond just what we talked about in the sermons. Uh, Start at chapter one, work your way through it, you get to the end, do it again. The more that you ponder these things, the more it's going to help you out. And remember that Jesus Christ, the eternal Son of God, he designed this world, and he is the fountain of all experience and wisdom. Colossians 2, 3 tells us, talks about Christ, in whom are hidden all the treasures of wisdom and knowledge. If you want wisdom, seek Christ, find it in him. And so many things that the world tells us are foolishness, are actually the wisdom of God. 1 Corinthians 1, 23-24. But we preach Christ crucified, a stumbling block to Jews and folly to the Gentiles. To them it seems like foolishness. Have your God be crucified? But Scripture says, But to those who are called, both Jew and Greek, Christ is the power of God and the wisdom of God. So turn to Christ. Turn to him as Savior. We also turn to him as the one in whom is all wisdom. And he offers it to you. Let's pray. Lord, we thank you. We thank you that you have created this world. You know how it works. Uh, You have all experienced, Lord God, and you are willing to give us wisdom. So teach us. Let us learn from, from our experiences and from others, and let us especially learn from your inspired wisdom in Scripture, Lord. And Lord, You've told us that the first thing we need to do is to get wisdom. And we also recognize that you are the most real being there is, Lord. And the most foolish thing that we could do would be to ignore you and to live our lives in a different direction, turned away from you, Lord God. 
So help us all to, to turn to you, to turn in repentant faith to you, Lord God, to receive Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior, that he may wash away our sins because he was crucified for sinners. And he stands ready to, to both save us and then also to give us wisdom, to live lives beautiful in your eyes. We need this help. We ask for it. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.